expert at that. Yeah. Oh, shit. You know what I've been meaning to do? Uh, I don't know what happened with Dark Road. Uh, I know a few things, but I haven't, like, gone through all of it because I decided for some reason I'm going to play this myself. Never mind the fact that they didn't really add new ways to get stronger, so anyone who was up to date uh, can basically just power through the entire thing. Meanwhile, I'm over here stuck at the start of Chapter 2 because it takes, like, hours to gain even the slightest amount of problems. I can bitch about that game a ton if you really want. I, I do want you to, honestly. Um, I, I just want to get, like, a real fast summary of what the hell happens here. Uh, da, 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 completely offline. If, uh, I I hear th I hear that we found out that Zaynord actually shaves his head. That's one thing I heard. Why? Yeah, I haven't actually looked at the plot stuff aside from uh, one thing, which is basically uh, that the big twist at the end of uh, Union Cross was a complete fake out, and you are not actually Zaynord. Wait, you're not. Like, like, oh I mean, you're playing Xehanort in Dark Road, but the ending of Union Cross implied that your player became Xehanort. That is and what this I thought, reveals too. that's not actually what happened. Uh, what did happen? Apparently, the person you reincarnate is one of Xehanort's mentors, and Xehanort somehow gets memories from him for some reason. Okay, what, that's stupid, whatever. So they're not actually fixing the problem. No, what like, problem? There is no problem. It's just you know, you know. That's we're, disappointing. We're we're burning pod. We should probably just start. Um, how do I? How do I start this thing? Uh, does anyone remember how I do this? Uh, let's see. There's a. Da, 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 da. I'm pretty sure you insert that in post. I do insert and that then in you get No, no, no. I, I have an then... entire band back here they go and they play for us in real time. And, and, then, and then you welcome out. Uh, then you do the welcome thing. Uh, you usually get the URL of the website wrong. Okay. And then you introduce us, and then it's basically open season for whatever the hell we want to do. Okay. You know what? I'm, I'm just going to do... I'm going to do it my way. All right. So, we're going to start in 3, 2, 1. Good evening, Final Fantasy Footballer fans! It's late August 2022, which means that the football season is right around the corner. You've come to the right place. That's fake football, by the way. No, He's it's... talking about American football instead of the real sport. Yeah, no, there is no other sport. There's only football. All other sports are fake or derivatives of the pure glory that is Final Fantasy Football, which is here. It is coming. Mm. I actually have uh, my draft on Monday, and I've got to figure that whole thing out. It's gonna be, uh, it's gonna be a terrible time. I actually hate fantasy football. It is nothing but pain. Anyway, this bit's not really landing. So uh, my name is Blue Highwind, and this is the <laughs> Final Fantasy Wiki podcast. Uh, this is a monthly podcast about uh, Final Fantasy dot com, right? No, it's not. It's not? I mean, it's that not one works. That, that URL works, so... Okay. It's, it's that's true. FinalFantasy.Fandom.com, right? Yeah. That's correct. That is yeah. correct. Yeah, that's All right. the main one. All right, so Wikia rebranded as Fandom, and soon enough, Wikia will probably get bought by the Embracer Group or some bullshit, so then it will be FinalFantasy.Embracer.com, 
and then the Embracer Group will go out of business, and then we'll have no website whatsoever. But this podcast will live on. Uh, joining me tonight are uh, these two people. They should probably introduce themselves. Uh, I'm Sam Mage. Should I really introduce myself? I've been on long enough that I think you know who I am at this point. Like, oh, what if do I need introduction? Well, if maybe this What's is that? your first time listening, <laughs> who knows? Every oh, podcast is some listeners. I'm Techno Obliterator. I'm the person you're probably complaining about if it's an FF7 content related question. But yeah, I mean, <laughs> let, let, let's be real. There's there's not that many listeners. But maybe this is their first time, and they need to know who they are, and uh, develop, you know, parasocial relationships with us, uh, get a crush on Technobliterator, and decide that they really hate Subcolor Mage, and write fanfics about me, and uh, there you go. That That's how the internet works. Yeah. I mean, to be fair, all three of us have gotten complaints about the stuff we've done related to the wiki from some weirdos, because, you mm. know... I mean, People uh, used to hate your style of Rising Blue, and uh, Ship has always complained about the FF7. And I believe there have been multiple forum pages on the site complaining about shit posts I made on the Twitter account. Uh, well, you say that people used to hate my writing. The thing is, people have always hated my writing. I am an extremely <laughs> unsuccessful writer by all definitions. Yeah, but they don't vocally complain about it anymore. I would take that over nothing. Zero comments is the mm. greatest pain of the 21st century. Anyway, uh, so um, <laughs> this is August, and uh, what we're going to do tonight is uh, there was a few updates to various things, and um, then we're going to go talk about some wiki stuff, actual wiki things on the wiki podcast. I, I think this might be a first for us. So mm. uh, should we start with the news? Yeah. And what did you want to start with? Because uh, there's a few things to look at. There, there's not a ton, but I mean, there are things. Um, my first bit of news here is that there was a DDoS attack for Final Fantasy XIV at the beginning of the month. Doesn't look like it lasted all that long, so I don't know. We could move past that yeah, one. That, it's an MMO. That shit happens occasionally, yeah. just... It was big enough for Eurogamer to report it. Uh, next thing is that Tactics Ogre Reborn, the game that has been so heavily rumored that everyone knew it was happening, is officially happening. Yep. Hmm. Uh, That's good. It is good. It's nice. It's a really good game. People should play it. Uh, hmm. I think November's podcast is going to have to be Tactics Ogre versus Final Fantasy Tactics. That's going to be our main subject. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> yep. We have to decide which one's better. I know it's difficult. That's to that's a totally fair uh totally fair podcast, so I'd be down with that. Uh let's see. Next thing is that uh oh, some color mage. This is uh this is probably your your remit. We have a new Final Fantasy fourteen patch. This is uh patch six point two buried memory. It officially released uh, right. last week. Yeah, that was uh, this Tuesday. Well, Tuesday, my time. I forget what time the patch is in America. But, um, yeah, so that has come out. Uh, 
if uh, you like Final Fantasy IV related stuff, this patch rules because uh, the story has fights with both Scanner Yen and Barbarisha. Oh. Um, Kane's girlfriend, uh, Barbarisha. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Although Kane's not in in here, so she's basically just here to uh, whip her hair back and forth. But <laughs> stop fucking wearing her clothes like Bayonetta. Like the second phase of the fight, she just like she just like turns her hair into fucking power armor and just starts punching the shit out of you. Um, okay. I didn't know you were a Willow Smith fan, some color mage. <laughs> That's the only line I know of that person's music. She she actually has a punk band uh, yeah, now, that, and they're... she made that song, and then ten years later she made punk rock or something. Like her new song is actually pretty damn good, surprisingly. Okay, what genre is it? It's punk, just what I said. Huh? I, I like. Oh, okay. I don't, yeah, like I, I. Somebody's gonna be like, no, it's not punk. It's like mathcore punk or some shit. But it punk, I think, is just what you need to call it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, like there's also what uh, so also in uh, fourteen because this is the even number patch is a continuation of the of the raid story with pandemonium which uh, because you're going back in part into past and interacting with some of the uh, uh, some of the villains from the Asians before they completely lost their minds uh, you basically can confuse the hell out of them on several occasions by talking about things that haven't happened yet. Um, Huh. And, uh, like, there's also uh, this uh, one song from the fights in there that is really damn good. Um, I, should, I don't really want to link stuff because, you know, I don't know where a good source for, for songs that haven't been put into the OSTs are yet. Uh, Square um, Next also makes it extremely difficult to find music now. This is their new thing this year. Is taking down songs off YouTube. It's awful of them. Yeah, well, they have their own YouTube channel for that stuff now, so I guess yeah, they but who f- decided to ramp up to draw people to their own shit. Yeah, but they don't upload um, nearly enough, and no, I, I don't I don't agree with them with this decision. If I want to listen to Megalovania from Live Alive, I should just be able to do that wherever. Oh, no, it's a shitty decision, but yeah. I know why they have done said shitty decision. Because capitalism is a hellscape which encourages the most greedy actions you can ever do. Um, uh, I mean, we can't play the song on the podcast anyway. Yeah. And there's not really much else to say about 6.2. It hasn't been, like, as big of a complete mess that a lot of... There's been a lot of weird glitches and stuff that happened in the last patch and stuff. There's been nothing really at that scale. Um, although there is an ending to that uh, housing saga. Oh. Uh, you know, because uh, in um, the one of the original parts of their response was that they offered a... Uh, it was because if it rolled zero and it didn't completely glitch out the returns, uh, the people who were supposed to have won were able to claim a full refund because the game thought that they had lost the role when they'd actually won. And, oh, this is, uh, the, this is and, not the housing crisis that people can't get homes. This is the housing crisis where people won houses months ago, but didn't receive them. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's all really part of the same crisis. But, um, but yeah, they, they did fix that. But 
of course, they didn't really have a way to claw the money that was supposed to be used back. Uh, so instead, uh, they've opened up a little little shop, which is you know in the game, which is you know optional, and anyone can use it actually. That uh, it has a bunch of a bunch of housing items that just so happen to cost the exact same amount as all of the plots of land. And they're basically just uh, little posters and stuff of like numbers and such, begging for forgiveness of how how badly they screwed the whole situation up. And, and that's how the housing situation ends. With, okay. Uh, with the game making fun of itself. Alright, I mean, uh, I guess as long as it's not the WeWork guy deciding to buy up a bunch of property in Final Fantasy XIV as his new big investment. <laughs> Uh, I don't think that kind of thing is possible anymore. So, you know, you know, with artificial scarcity, we can always find a way to monetize the rot. Uh, yeah. Is that all we got for Final Fantasy XIV? I mean, when uh, there's not really, there's not much to really say. I mean, we already talked about really that dude. Yeah, that dude uh, banged apparently, and people were surprised. We already covered that last month. Yeah, yeah. I mean. Uh, Hexed was a bit a uh, bit disappointed uh, by uh, something that happened in that in that bit because uh, like the uh, villain of this part of the raid uh, starts talking in a way that he basically claims that uh, he's actually Eric Bonius' dad. So Hexed was really excited because he thought there was a cuckold art going on, and then uh, it turns out that the villain is just a uh, uh, the villain is just like uh, Lahabre split him his personality in two and sealed off part of it and that's who the villain is okay uh, I, I couldn't um, quite follow that but hopefully the people at home can uh, should we move on to the next and bit maybe of news it's better oh, sorry. Maybe it's art. Um, yeah. anyway yeah moving on okay so um, this is a bit of an interview that came out on August 19th it's Yoshi P he admits that Final Fantasy XVI's combat is not going to satisfy everybody, but that's just what the world is. Yeah, uh, I'm like, that's kind of not, that's a non-comment. That's like me saying, Gran Turismo 7 is not going to satisfy everyone who likes car games. Like, yeah, no shit. Yep. Like, <laughs> that's a non-statement. <laughs> He also, like, basically said this anything. is... He said what I said when we were talking about 16's combat and just, like, this is what triple A gaming is. Like, we're not doing turn-based. Yeah. That, that's not going to sell 10 million copies. Yeah, like, I mean, the combat of 16 is not something I am worried about at all. You know, they've got the, the, the guy from Capcom in charge of it. And I think that guy had a good track record. But uh, even still, like, you know, we've come a long way from the 15 game. From the, the single 15 game. Like, <laughs> we've come a long way from 15. Like, I think they know how to do action combat at this point. I, I actually rewatched the Final Fantasy 16 trailer recently, and the combat is even better than I remembered it looking. That game looks fucking yeah. great. I, I am very excited for it. When you think about it, is Final Fantasy XV really action? All you do most of the time is hold down one button. Uh, when you're playing you're not pressing any buttons, yeah. the game pauses. Like, you, like it's 
like you can't actually you know like like the game like expects you to stop and observe the thing like like the uh, Libra function only works when you are literally not doing anything in 15. I, I guess like yeah and you go you go no 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 no. I, I had nothing really to say that I haven't said a billion okay. times already right well I was gonna say like you know I guess you can interpret in one sense from the comment like you know so like for seven remake I feel like their approach approach to that was to satisfy as many as people as possible I think their approach for that was very much like you know we want to target new markets for this and new audiences but we also don't want to like disappoint the people that much preferred the original combat so this sounds to me like you know if you're to interpret anything from this then this might be him saying i wouldn't give a fuck about you know the uh like the old style of combat because you know we're going full in on the action combat direction because we think that's what's best for this game and that's what it's best for this current market so we're just gonna go all in on this and we are not concerned about you know the purists who would refuse to get anything that's not like you know that's not literally a turn-based combat system like 10 or something like that i mean maybe that's what he's saying but still like you know it strikes me as oh game won't please everyone yeah no shit <laughs> Game is not supposed to please everyone. It's supposed to be a good game. Why don't I read the exact quote as, uh, we want the world, especially the younger generation, to play the game. Uh, right. Yeah, that's... Uh, this quote is not all that well. It is the fact that people are becoming less familiar with old-fashioned styles... with the old-fashioned styles of RPGs, where you fight by selecting turn commands that's why the battles in final fantasy 16 are very action-based we want to make people all over the world think that final fantasy is a great game of course i don't think we'll be able to satisfy everyone's demands so i've told everyone on the team the first thing we need to do is make something we think is fun and make sure it reaches the people who like it okay yeah, yeah. i mean like you know that quote like in full context coupled with you know i guess his approach with 14 was very much to like um, you know, with 14, it's very much to, like, be... It, it plays like, you know, a World of Warcraft-style MMO, basically, right? So that yeah. suggests to me... Yeah, that suggests to me that his approach with this is we're going to have an ancient combat system. We don't care about how Final Fantasy used to be, you know? So this is not going to be a 7 Remake-style combat system wherein it merges action combat with like you know the atv system this is going to be purely action combat no atb no turn based you know it's basically saying like you know if you're one of those purists that refuses to play anything made after fucking 2003 then you know go cry about it because we ain't making this game for you i, I don't think like, he put it which, that way but uh i mean cause yeah I, I mean this seems like his nice way of basically saying that of basically saying you know, we we aren't targeting that market. We do not think that is that is not who we want to make this combat system for. I, I don't even know if that market exists. Like I don't I don't think there are people who would only play turn based RPGs anymore because I we went over this recently. There's only like four or five major turn based RPG franchises left. 
So if you're going to be yeah, one of those like people, there's... With... Yeah? I was going to say, like, you're basically... You're stuck with Shin Megami Tensei and, like, Xenoblade. And... No, like, not Xenoblade. Xenoblade is not turn-based. Xenoblade... Yeah. Xenoblade is very real-time MMO-like. Yes. Yeah, it's like the 12 kind of combat system. Uh, it's more, much so, more MMOE than twelve. It, it's a, it's all cooldowns. Okay. Xenoblade system. Right. Well, basically, you know, you're stuck with like a very small selection of games, and if you want to be that narrow-minded, then okay, you know, I can't tell you what to do with your time. You know, I have a friend who has only ever played Jack and Daxter, and literally has never played any other video game, and never wants to. Okay, you know, if that's if you want to be that, like, you know. If, if you want to be that narrow in your choice of what games you play, go ahead. But, you know, there's a whole world out there. Uh, there's a whole massive market out there that we could be reaching. There's a bunch of new audiences that we could be reaching if we make the best combat system that we want to make and don't constrain ourselves with the idea that, oh, these, like, you know, these uh, five people on Reddit said that they hate the games have changed since 2005 and will refuse to play like anything after that so uh techno gonna be the new pr guy at final fantasy He's... <laughs> <laughs> um all that being said if you are interested in in turn-based games like that the shimigami tensei games do in fact fucking rule so <laughs> yeah they are, th those are good games right you know yeah. i mean uh I say that as someone who hasn't played that many of them. Like, Persona 5 kicked ass. Loved that game. You know, those are good games. They're still out there. I highly recommend them. You know, they're a lot of fun, right? But I do think that if... You know, I, I say this as someone who is still lukewarm on 16. I am not worried about the combat at all. Like, you know, I very much think that you know i trust them with the combat system like i very much think they are going to make a good combat system and to do that they cannot be constrained by you know kind of an old school old school of thought right you know because seven remake did it really successfully but the reason seven remake had to do that is because it is a remake of an old game you know, it is, it will have to in some way pay homage to the original title. 16 is brand new. It does not need to do that. There is no obligation for it to do that. And it shouldn't. I think the developers should be free to make the game that they want to make and that they think people will want to play. Just uh, one final thing. I would like to say that since I am an old head, Nobody here would be happier to see a Final Fantasy game with turn-based combat again. And I'm not even one of those people who's like, 16 needs to be turn-based. Because they, they have not had that kind of combat for 20 years. Like, if, you mm. ha if you haven't made peace of it yet, it's been 20 years, dude. Yeah, like, but Literally has been 20 years now. Also, so, like, like, this is uh, you know, still even, um, even considering that you do have to like count... ATB as turn-based if you're using that definition. I, I always have. Like, that has like, I mean, you can see even from the 90s with the addition of ATB it's always been an attempt to add some degree of action to the system. 
because like yeah it's the same menu based stuff but you're doing it on the clock you have to input your commands otherwise enemies are just allowed to roll all over you um yeah i mean like you know if we th if we look at the combat systems they made since final fantasy 10 right they made 12 13 and they made 15 right the first two of those were an attempt to quote-unquote modernize atv right where 12 like you know they had a more mmo style of combat thing there i love 12 i adore it i think that's like you know even considering how much i liked 7 remake i still think 12 is the the best recent game that they are yet to beat right and the combat is one of those things because i just love the shit out of the gambit system i think that's so fun right but the Gambit system was extremely polarizing. There are people who hate it. There are people who think it's automated or that it's not, or like, oh, you know, it's too automated for me, so I'm not having fun. Or they think like, oh, well, it's not fun to play with the menus and not automate it. So it's like, you know, there are people that don't like that combat system. 13, another attempt to modernize the combat system, right? And that was just as polarizing. You know, there are some people who say, I love 13's combat because it was challenging and it was difficult and, you know, it made the game interesting because of this, that, and the other reason. And there are other people who say, you're just pressing X over and over again and you're letting the game play itself. That's stupid, you know? Like, these were very... Like, even as someone who loves 12, I totally understand why they don't want to just do that again because that's a very polarizing combat system and a very hard sell in today's market right now 15 they didn't even bother to do atb again right and okay i you know as we've said 15's compact was way too simplistic for us but you know we're not just limited between these three options right you know there is a way to do action combat really well that isn't as that isn't 15 basically right and yeah i mean i don't I, i'm just repeating myself at this point but i trust them okay i didn't want to tell you i just wanted i'm glad you realized i didn't want to be that guy yeah you were on a roll yeah i i'm not uh you can look at past episodes to see my opinion my yeah, full I, opinions I on 15's battle system and how uh they made it even worse than the demo which God, if they had just made 15, but with uh, episode disguise combat system, that would have been so much of a better game. Or well, even God. not even it, that. Like even if they made 15, like with com comrades, like with the comrades combat system, that would have comrades? been a better game. Wait, I don't know what that is. What is uh, that? It was like mode 15. Oh, I don't. Even, yeah, it yeah. was like this multiplayer mode, but they like totally overhauled how the magic system worked in it, and it was actually like pretty inventive. I'm like. This would have been really cool to have had in the main game, but it's a little too late. <laughs> but You know what they should have done? is They should have just made a Kingdom Hearts game, but with Final Fantasy as the story. Because that's what I wanted from the which is how Which is how 15 was announced, right? Yeah, that's versus that's what Versus 13 yeah, looked yeah, like. It's Kingdom yeah, Hearts, it was but Final Fantasy. It just Nomura, Nomura doing Nomura things. Like, yeah. that, and that yeah. would have been... Yeah, that would have been great. Like, but... That's not what we got. Okay, I need to move on. But 15, actually, is a good jumping off point because uh, Forspoken 
has been in the news. This is the oh. yeah. This is oh. the new uh, studio. This is a new game coming from. Uh, damn it! What's the name of the studio? Luminous Studio. That's it. Luminous. Yeah, I yes. always get Luminous mixed up with Crystal Tools. Sorry. So two things. First thing is that in the future, no one's going to remember this, but I feel like I should bring it up anyway. Is that there was a short trailer for Forspoken that appeared on Twitter, like just like an ad like 20 seconds long and it kind of blew up as people were dunking on it because uh the poor main girl was like so you might be wondering how i ended up in final (laughs) fantasy land and then everyone was like oh my god this fucking joss whedon shit and uh not a good look like like i don't know how anyone could be surprised like that i've been holding for like pretty much the entire time that we've seen detailed treasure disc God, the dialogue sucks. Maybe the gameplay will be okay, but God, stop showing us this fucking awful writing. Wait, yeah. hold on. So you, we're saying that the trailer doesn't exist anymore? No, no, no. The trailer's no, still it. there. It's just this Twitter blow-up no one's going to remember. Oh, okay. Now that, sorry if I wasn't clear on that. Twitter shit is Twitter shit. Like, it, it, yeah. it is pointless and it's like in inward looking and endless gyres of bullshit i just wanted to say that the game isn't really selling itself too well based on the twitter reactions but uh they did get themselves a chance to try to sell a better position that's because uh gamescom is this week and uh we have really nothing to talk about from that but uh there was a 10 minute gameplay trailer for for spoken where we got to see our main character, um, Holland Frey, Frey Holland, uh, going around and uh, shooting a whole bunch of magic at deer. And then she goes on a quest to go and get herself armor. And that's, that's kind of, that was the whole trailer, really. I mean, what? You don't sound very enthused by it. I haven't seen this trailer, so I can't comment on it. Okay. I, you don't sound very enthused by it. So, uh, you know, judging uh, from your reaction. Okay, I want to play this game, and I want it to be good. The thing is, this okay. might be more of a personal thing about me, but a giant open-world game with long, elaborate quests to go and get armor, which seems like there's going to be a ton of loot, and there's going to be a ton of going back and forth and doing things. It's just it's just not the kind of game for me. I, I do think this mm. game actually looks pretty damn cool. Um, I like Ella Belinsky as an actor. Belinska, sorry. Uh, she was in that dog shit Charlie's Angels reboot movie from a couple years ago. I might be the only person oh, that saw yeah. it. She was she was the best part. Well, she was the second best part of it. it, it I thought that she was an actress that could have deserved more than that movie. And, uh, yeah. you know, this game has some really just awesome looking magic effects. And you got to see it in this trailer where she shoots a ton of ice. She sets the entire friggin' screen on fire. Uh, she summons, like, all the roots from the plants to strangle deer. And they are just deer. That's the other thing from the trailer. They just look like regular old friendly deer that she murders horribly. Um, another thing I discovered is I thought that she lived in Jersey City. And I was excited about this because Jersey City was right around where I grew up. But no, she's from New York. I'm slightly disappointed hmm. about that. Oh, well, Manhattan. Uh, Manhattan gets everything. Uh, but uh, did anyone else yeah, see the stream? Um, no, I, I, I 
you mean the games come right now i haven't seen that one okay i mean uh they'll i be... will say that yeah. like you know having uh, and i'm coming from the place of having not seen this trailer like your reaction sounds like exactly the same as my reaction you know almost word for word like yeah i could give like a word for word reaction to like my thoughts on this game and it would pretty much be exactly that so it's definitely not a you thing i mean another thing is my reaction might just be my reaction to gamescom in general i did not uh Mm. i did not watch the keely show on wednesday or whatever it was it was on like 2 p.m i was at work i wasn't gonna i had to work all right i wasn't doing gonna be watching but i did go and follow along and so many of those trailers, so many things that were shown were just like, I, I really started getting this feeling. I'm like, is video games just fucking boring? Like, is this just a boring industry? <coughs> the the shows certainly are these days. Like, I mean, the main draw to E3 was that these execs would often embarrass themselves in really stupid ways. You don't get that anymore, even when no, E3 is running properly. Yeah, it's yeah, just trailer it's after trailer. And it's, it's yeah, it's exhausting and like the gamescom thing the only thing that seemed to get even more than a slight uh, slight murmur outside of the show itself was uh one thing that's basically yeah uh, just the rick and morty writer being the oh rick and morty god. which oh my god hated, hated <laughs> as hell now and also uh that one trailer early on that like was weird and confusing that one really knew what it was people looked up this company surprise surprise it's nft shit oh is that that that's everywhere is the nft shit game yeah that's yeah. uh that's ben's the guy that used to work for gta and the uh that rick and morty game that that i watched like a few seconds of that trailer and i was uh, absolutely flabbergasted by how bad it looked oh man just like dan Harmon. all right you're a voice actor. You're a professional voice actor, right? He he worked on several shows. He's also a writer. You have to have more voices than just the Morty voice. Like, it, it is like if... Um, I already used this comparison somewhere else. Where like, if Seth MacFarlane was brought in for a video game and the character that he's voicing, he just did Peter Griffin the entire time. Or just did Stewie. Counterpoint. Yeah. Counterpoint. If I have Arnold Schwarzenegger to voice my game, I don't want anyone other than Arnold Schwarzenegger as the yeah, voice. But, but right? Arnold Schwarzenegger I is sound in like Schwarzenegger. He's an icon in of himself. Like if you're a cartoon voice actor, your job is to go and create individual identities for all your characters. Hmm. Like Dan Castellaneta yeah, does not do Homer in everything he does, even if his genie does sound a lot like Homer. But he was trying to not be Homer. Mm. You were saying some comments? Yeah, to- yeah, that's totally fair. And even, you know, like John DiMaggio, for example, like, you know, who's my favorite cartoon voice actor. I mean, like, you know, he, like you can listen to his different voices and yeah, you can pick up on certain things or say like, oh yeah, that's JDM, all right. But he still sounds very different in all his roles. You know, even in Final Fantasy, he's Heidegger and he's also Waka. Isn't he Gilgamesh too? He might. He, I'm not sure if he's the most recent Gilgamesh voice, but yeah, he. Um, he was Gilgamesh he in Final Fantasy. Gilgamesh uh, 
Wasn't he Gilgamesh in Final Fantasy twelve? He is, yes, he is. Yeah, he he's his, like uh, twelve hmm. and and I think thirteen two. Um, oh, of course he is, because that because that makes sense. That's why that's my favorite Gilgamesh voice. Yeah, like, his Gilgamesh. I knew, I'm I, sorry. Twelve always had my favorite Gilgamesh voice. Yeah, his so Gilgamesh. It makes sense Sorry, I've been trying to. Uh, his Gilgamesh sounds like uh, Bender mixed with Crankor from MST3K. So it, it's just, <laughs> it's a great voice. Your weapons are forfeit to me. I have traveled the waste far and why I can't even do it. I'm not. I'm, uh, ah, <laughs> I failed. I tried, but I couldn't do it. I didn't have the voice ready. <sighs> anyway, uh, so Forspoken that's coming out uh, January twenty fourth, twenty twenty three. And Gamescom yeah. is uh, I, currently happening. Uh, one last well, one. We I like assume that the date is coming out, but considering it's been delayed like three times at this point, who fucking knows? I think it'll make that date. I think the game looks like almost 100% finished to me. And uh, I think they just needed more polishing. And Square Enix is going to want it done by the end of the fiscal year. So I guess they have another yeah, two months I mean, to delay like it. Blue said- I'm rooting for um, Forspoken. It's a game you definitely want to root for. But you know what Forspoken actually reminds me of? It reminds me of Horizon. Like, the Horizon games, you know. Where you look at these games as what they are, and there's not really much you can complain about. Because, you know, they are, like, you know, they are open world. They're RPG-like games that, you know, and they do it successfully. But then they're always overshadowed by like everything else in the industry, and yeah, I, I feel like say, uh, so, so might what be like that. Yeah, I was about to say. Oh, so what you're saying is that uh, it's going to come out and then immediately get demolished in sales by whatever from software's pulls out. It's going yeah. to come out. Yeah, uh, Horizon games are great because their release heralds within a week one of the greatest open world games of all time. Hmm. Which is like, which is kind of sad in a way because the Horizon games are good. You know, they are good. It's just they get completely overshadowed by something that's released like, you know, a week later or something stupid like that. Yeah, and I would uh, not be surprised uh, if Forspoken uh, Gu- has the same Gu- thing. Gorilla Games, I think it is. They just have the worst, uh, either the worst sense or worst luck in uh, in release timing. I mean, they're good at making games, and you know, that franchise I think is going to be perfectly viable for a third one. I'm just personally... Again, mm. like, open world games like that just aren't really my thing. It's not enough climbing. Totally in fair. Like, uh, you know, for, for video games, like, it was Insomnia Games who said that, but for video games, they have less of a strict release timetable than a movie does because a movie, it's extremely important because most of the money is made through the box office. It's extremely important to get the release timing right. Whereas with a game, that's less important because, like, you know, as big as the first week sales are for a game, they can still be, like, you know, people still buy games much later in the year. So, um, yeah, but, uh, I mean, Horizon would be kind of a counterpoint to that argument there because Horizon's an example of getting the release timing wrong and all of a sudden people don't talk about your game as much. Okay, should we do a uh, last bit of news then? We have one last news bit. Yeah. Okay, so uh, you may remember last month that the Embracer Group was buying a whole chunk of Square Enix. 
that purchase has gone through. Mm-hmm. Square Next has, com- I mean, Embracer Group has completed the acquisition of Crystal Dynamics, Eidos Montreal, Square Next Montreal, and other assets. The formal purchase yes, has done. Yes, which means DSX is going to come back. And that's what I'm excited about. Oh, yeah. I, have, I, like, I don't know what the hell... Like, I'll be honest. I mean, um, I'm kind of so-so on the future of the Tomb Raider franchise. But I'm like, like you know, uh, I'm hopeful for Deus Ex. Because I feel like Deus Ex was a game... Was it, uh, Like, when they brought it back, I feel like they did not capitalize on its potential... And I think the reason for that is because Square Enix Japan, like, you know, just did not give the appropriate, like, it did not give the appropriate attention to their Western studios, right? Um, Whereas, you know, hopefully, hopefully those developers are now in better hands. And they will get the attention they deserve. Yeah, I don't they're just being made into their own unit, so it's basically just Phil Rogers being in the same position he always has been, and Brace mm. just you know, whatever, do whatever you want. And, like, so I'm not exactly hopeful what they're going to do, because I mean, everyone laughed at how, how pitiful the, the uh, amount of money that Square took for these companies were, uh, but you have to remember that's still, like, twice what uh, what they paid for them in the first place. Mm. I'm gonna say that like, I don't like. like... Idos is, yeah, no, you can like, keep. Idos has never historically been a very well-run company. They have not been. But I was gonna say something about the new parent company, Embracer Group. Um, have they actually ever shipped a good game? Like, you, um... you think about the last few years. They released that Bio Mutant game, which seemed like just way too ambitious for its own good and wasn't all that successful. Yeah. Um, I've got to fucking look them up again because they do own a shit ton of companies. They own but a shit ton of companies, time, but I'm remembering the stuff they've at released. The same time, a lot of those companies' hits happened before Embracer bought them. Yeah. But, uh, hold on, let me just pull up the fucking Wikipedia page. Um, um, Embracer. Well, the other reason I'm bringing it up is because uh, just this past week they released the new Saints Row game. And uh, that thing is apparently a pile of burning garbage shit. Yeah, people do not like it. Well, it's like, not just... Yeah, I that... not a good thing. It's not just not good, like, in terms of people like, oh, this is just not the game for me. Apparently, it's just broken as all shit, too. Like... Uh, okay, let's see. Okay, I've got their list of uh, a company now. Okay, I've never heard of any of these companies under Amplifier Game Invest. Never heard of any of these companies under Coffee Stain Holding. Yeah, there's, there's, okay, well, there's you'll Gearbox, never. F- which, uh, which is fucking Gearbox. No, thank uh, you. Let's see, uh, Play On. So that's where, uh, that's where Volition is under, which, well, I guess Saints Row 5 has been a complete disaster. Wow, I tried to and, be optimistic with this one, and it sounds like I was totally off base. It sounds I like, you know, we ain't getting a good future for Deus Ex. We well, ain't getting um, a good future for Tomb Raider. <laughs> like, well, the thing is, they buy no, a lot of companies it. that are, like, either a little bit past their prime or already have failed, like THQ. And then, like, Saber okay, Interactive was bankrupt when yeah, they bought Saber it. Saber Interactive, which 
Cyber Interactive has 3D Realms, but they acquired that in 2021. That is long after 3D Realms was uh, a big name in any in any sense. Um, let's see, THQ Nordic, you, you fucking know how THQ went. Yeah. Uh, the new <laughs> operating group, which is Crystal Dynamics, Ida Square Enix. Uh, Decca, which is a mobile studio, which probably does good. Um, e- Easy, Easy Brain, which is another mobile studio. Asmodee, which is a tabletop games uh, company. Yeah, they own uh, all Dark kinds of weird Horse, shit. Which is, yeah. Dark Horse, which is publishing and just going by these, probably the most successful uh, successful of these uh, groups in here. Like, well, um, well, well, you're forgetting you're forgetting their crown jewel now, which is um, they own some rights, some fraction of uh, Lord of the Rings. Oh, yeah, they bought... They, Fucking bought the lights, rats to Lord of the Rings somehow. How the, how the fuck did that even happen? Um, they have infinite money somehow, and uh, their CEO just seems like he loves to buy stuff. Yeah, yeah and then the uh, the final one listed here is Remote, which is just all of that weird, all of those random acquisitions they announced on the same day that they announced, "Hey, we bought Lord of the Rings." Um, yep. But. Uh, this is a fucking weird company, and most of its and most of its uh, uh, acquisitions are just complete unknowns. Yeah, yeah, like, well, or not I'm, unknowns. I'm pretty but sure just... at at this point, the biggest uh, the biggest acquisition they have there is Dark Horse Media. Yeah, it, it's a weird thing, and I mean, like, really, the fact that like their big release was in such a bad state is something that makes me kind of wonder about the whole company like maybe maybe they're not all that hands-on like this isn't i shouldn't be looking at this like a 2k or something or like an ea where if they release one bad game it makes the entire thing look bad but also if they're trying to sell themselves as a major player in the industry and releasing what the hell even was the game uh saints row sorry uh saints row in that bad of a state it just i don't know I, I hope uh, I no, just let me, to be let me, blunt, sorry, uh, let me this, finish. Uh, Embracer is too big to be hands on. Like, let me just take uh, this line from the opening of uh, Wikipedia's uh, uh, list of what they own. As of August 2022, Embracer Group has 120 internal game development studios. Yeah, that's that's absurd. There, there's no way they are hands on with any of this shit. I just hope that Crystal Dynamics and Eidos Montreal, who Together have made very, very good games. The Tomb Raider game was really good. The uh, parts of Avengers that... The first one was. Yeah, no. The parts of Avengers that weren't fucking, like, mob- like constant buying shit. All The good parts of Avengers were really good, and Guardians of the Galaxy was a great game last was year. Was excellent. That I would love these guys to get the budgets they deserve to make the games they want to make. I just don't know if it's going to happen under this company. Though they do have a yeah, billion same. dollars of Saudi money, so uh, if you need a petro dictator to go and, uh, you know, either build a ridiculous mile-long city in the desert or make your new video game, oh, that's possible. I saw that. That was so, like... That's I mean, not... A, that is not happening, what? by the way. Um, Wait, what are they doing? But... Don't worry about it. But my the official stance, my official prediction right now 
is that mile-long city in the desert is never happening. Do not worry about it. Anyway, um, should we talk? What was the next thing we wanted to talk about? Um, oh, yeah. Last month, we had so much shit to go through that we couldn't get to this. But has anyone been playing Live Alive? Yes. Yes. All right. Some color mage. What do you think of Alive Alive? It's excellent. It is so good. Um, like, I mean, uh, this game, uh, it's a remake of uh, Fingers' 1994 game, and you can barely even tell it's dated. It is that so far ahead of its time of what we think of, uh, of what JRPGs are. It's just a brilliant experience from from start to finish. So, um, there was actually a review recently on Paste. This was written by, um, Jackson Tyler, who you might know as Head Falls Off on Twitter, or Nichigo oh, character. Yeah. yeah, fun, fun person to follow. Um, not sure I believe, not sure I, uh, believe in their farm policy takes, but that's beside the point. But, uh, Live Alive is a game I've personally been curious about for, like, as long as I've been into JRPGs. Because I remember hearing about this game being talked about in the same breath as Chrono Trigger. This is a game that Square, not Square Next, but regular Square, made, I think, right between Final Fantasy VI and Chrono Trigger? Around that same yeah, period? Yeah, like, it's the, like, uh, it's the same director of uh, Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy IV, and you can kind of see the uh, evolution of, like, his ideas and, and stuff from Final Fantasy IV through, uh, through Live Alive to Chrono Trigger, and considering how much of that just kind of influenced stuff it works, probably one of the one of the uh, most influential uh, people at Square in the SNES era because of that. Yeah, this is uh, Takashi Tokita, who was not the director yeah. of Final Fantasy IV because that was Sakaguchi, but he was the lead oh, designer, yeah. and he was one of like four directors on Chrono Trigger, and he's the yeah. lead director of uh, Live Alive. Which is uh, just to... I want to just give a brief summary of what I've seen so far of this game. So this is a... Oh, by the way, it never got released in the US, which is what made it so interesting. Because mm. Square Enix in the late SNES period had like 15 turn-based JRPGs. And I, not all of them made... Because not everything got released over here back then. Not even Final Fantasy V got released. So this did not make the cut. Uh, so, so far, it is like seven three-hour-long JRPGs, each starring different characters with entirely different genres and tones. Uh, one of them is basically the movie Alien, directed by Ridley Scott. Another one is the movie Akira. Another one is a, uh, it's a cowboy level. That's the one I heard about the most. And then there's a, a prehistory level with no dialogue whatsoever. They, they all talk with, like, pictograms and voice acting. Um, I think this game is incredibly cool, and it's incredibly cool in 1994 seeing what Square was willing to experiment with the JRPG formula. It's, it's so fascinating to me that, like, JRPGs, like, originally, they're basically just D&D and tabletop games adapted onto computers and then home consoles. That's what that's what Final Fantasy 1 is. It's a D&D campaign. And you can yeah, fill it's in the a D&D with uh, yeah. which uh, went so close that they had to hastily change a bunch of things for the translation before TSR sued them. Uh, yeah, um, so, yeah, so you fill in the story in of yourself, but like 
as the Super Nintendo period went on, and especially into the PlayStation period, Square increasingly starts thinking, like, this system of just dungeon crawling and town dialogue, we could go and really tell stories with this. And Alive Alive just feels like anybody with an idea at Square... It's like, hey, let's go and do a, uh, let's do a ninja story. And then they're like, yeah, we're going to do that. Let's do a survival horror on a spaceship. We're going to do that. We'll have a level for it. So it's like, it felt like, it just seemed like a great place to work. Like, I wish I could have been there and just been like bouncing ideas off. Because it seemed like there were so many things they were making with so many different styles and so many different narrative attempts and pushing these rather basic tools to their limits to tell really cool stories. I, I think it rules, and uh, it's it got re-released, remade. It's got a fresh paint coat of paint. came out uh, July 22nd, and I'm playing through it now. Also, uh, just, um, yeah, this, is, uh, this is the third of the uh, HD 2D games, so, you know, uh, Octopath, uh, Triangle Strategy, and now this, and next is uh, a remake of Dragon Quest Three, and this one really shows the uh, shows the strength of uh, of uh, that graphical style because this is the only game of the four that really has wildly different uh, settings. You know, the other three are all fairly medieval fantasy type stuff, whereas this one, like just the start of the modern day chapter, where where you can see like this uh, the city in the background and you know, just very modern day skyscraper stuff. It looks so beautiful. Yeah. Um it, I, I think it, the it uh looks, the whole game looks really good. I think the drop shadow effects in this game and like the the focus what they're doing, like the depth of field, probably does the least for this particular game. But uh, other, otherwise, just like in terms of just let's have sn- let's have sprites act very exaggerated and tell stories with that. I, it's it's adorable. I love it. I, I think this is one of the best games of the year. Um, and uh, I'm going to say this right now. Um, I hope that nobody buys Square Enix because I feel like if Square Enix was embraced or got bought by, let's say, Amazon or PlayStation games like this may not actually be able to get greenlit. Somebody would be like, you know what? Nah, it doesn't make enough money. We need to sell 12 million copies. So you're not making your live alive. No one gives a shit about that stuff. Get me another Dragon Quest. Sorry about sorry about that voice. <laughs> that's actually that's actually what I really sound like. I, I have to struggle very hard to talk this beautiful silky voice. But really, I'd sound like this. No. This is my real accent. Well, well, well th- thank you for your sacrifice. <laughs> yep. Yep. Okay. Um. So, what should we do to wrap up the rest of this podcast? Because uh, we are hmm. we have a little bit of time left. I mean, I like to hit 90 minutes. Uh, we should probably talk about um, what's been going on with our Final Fantasy VII pages on the wiki. Uh, Techno Obliterator, yeah. you've, uh, you've been having a bit of trouble, haven't you? Do you want to describe... Very what, much. Do you want to describe your the current war going on in the world of Final yes, Fantasy VII? Like, yes, I would like to describe that. So, here's the thing, right? Our Final Fantasy VII pages 
like specifically the character pages because those are the biggest on any wiki. Our character pages for Cloud Strife, Tifa Lockhart, Eric Gainsborough are three of consistently three of the top five most viewed pages on the wiki. Like unless like you know a big game comes out, like you know a fourteen expansion pack or something comes out, you know then maybe. Like, you know, so for instance, when 15 came out, like Noctis overtook them, etc. right? But otherwise, you can reliably count on the fact that these three are going to either be in the top five or at the very least the top ten. They are the most visible pages on the wiki. Like, and... Uh, uh, can I just, uh, can I just uh, attach to that? I, I find it really funny that uh, the number one page on site, not, not counting the front page, but the number one page is almost consistently uh, the list of loot in Final Fantasy Twelve. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. That's yeah, a, yeah, that, that, that is, the, that is yeah, all, always the top page on the site. It like can never get dethroned by almost everything. Although the list of jobs in Final Fantasy Tactics is cutting it close at the moment. Yeah, is the that list a... of jobs in Tactics, and then there's like you know, Monster Arena was is pretty big for ten. Like you know. Uh, I think list of items for 10 used to be pretty big, and then we started making individual items pages, but... Final Fantasy like, 12 can, loop page, that might be one I current, wrote. Did I write that I can page? give you the current top nine. I've got that open right now, because, like, first is the homepage, of course, then loot Final Fantasy 12, then only about 150 views behind is the list of tactics jobs. Uh, then Albert Primer, and then hmm. Cloud Antifa, and Sephiroth, and then uh, after that, uh, because of the recent Final Fantasy XIV patch, Skarmion, and then list of items in 10, and that's the current top 9. Okay. okay. So Aerith actually isn't on there, which is surprising, because she's she's normally high up. Like, okay, but basically, these are three of the most visible, like, broadly viewed pages on the wiki. And as a result, that means... That these, like, you know, pages like these are effectively our holy grail. You know, it's like, um, uh, Blue, you know the Beatles music better than me. Like, what's their most visible album? Their most beloved album like, is definitely Sgt. Pepper's, but there's no Beatles right, album okay. that is not beloved and it's not a super smash. But Sgt. Pepper's yeah, would yeah, be like, the one above all of them. The no, I, I oh, think yeah, Sgt. Yeah. Pepper's is probably the most influential album that they ever did. It created the concept album. They made a whole movie about the Beatles called Sgt. Pepper inexplicably starring the Bee Gees. It was not good. but uh... Okay, so you can think of these pages as our Sgt. Pepper's, right? Mm -hmm. Or as our, like, you know, uh, I mean, I only know hip-hop music, so I'm going to go, like, you know, The Blueprint by Jay-Z. You know, you don't know any of the Jay-Z album, but you know The Blueprint, right? Even oh, though it's now? But... By the way, I was wondering, What's I did up? not write the Final Fantasy XII loop page. That was My Mind is Lost. Thank you so much, My Mind is oh. Lost. I wrote the Final yeah, Fantasy XII I mean... uh, chess pages, all of the uh, treasure. I wrote all that shit. Yeah, and, yeah, so, like, gameplay pages get a lot of views, right? You know, so, I mean, like, those are also really important to the wiki as far as, like, quality standards are concerned. Like, but basically, what I'm saying is, you know, Cloud, Tifa, Aerith, and I guess Sephiroth, 
Like those are the pages that are going to be, you know, they are the most viewed pages on the wiki. They are the ones that everyone will be coming to first. And that's what they will go to to compare the rest of the wiki against. You know, that is your first impression of our quality standards here, of, you know, how successful we are, like how good we are at our jobs. That is like the jobs, most visible thing to them. It, well, I'm, I mean, it's not okay. It's not a job. Like you know, we don't get paid for this. It is a though, hobby, right? Though, if I had a nickel a for hobby. every edit I had for this wiki, um, I think that fandom.com would owe me roughly five thousand um, dollars. Sounds about right. <laughs> Something uh, um, like that. Yeah, but but yeah, basically, like you know, they are going to be using these as like you know. The standard of against which the rest of the site will be judged so you know super important pages it is extremely fundamentally important that we get these ones right like that is like that is like one of the most important things for us that we get these ones right so when i rewrote these i had this very much in mind not just because these are three of my favorite characters in the series but also because i know that a, they have a huge fan base behind them, and B, like, you know, this is, like, one of the most important things for the site, because, you know, first of all, readers are going to be, you know, are going to judge the wiki based on this. Second of all, editors are going to judge it based on this, because, you know, editors, like, when when our contributors, our editors, when they're writing pages on, you know, their favorite characters, on the things they want to write about, right, they are always like, you know, we could write all the policy pages in the world. It will not matter. They are not going to compare against the policy pages. They are going to go on the most visible pages, right? And that's where they're going to get an example to say, my page needs to look like that. Okay, so, so given that fact... What is the problem on. that's been going on that is vexing you so much, Technobliterator? Let's get to the heart of the matter. Given that fact... It is extremely very disappointing to me that these are also the pages that constantly receive the dumbest edits, like the stupidest edits from, you know, just from random people on the internet. And 99% of the time, it is to push their shipping war argument. <laughs> that is what these, that is like, or like 99% of the time, you'll look through their edit. It will be like a thousand, two thousand bytes long or something stupid like that. And they will always consistently contain something changing the wording here to say, this is proof that Cloud loves Tifa. Or this is because, you know, Tifa is the most important person in Cloud's life. So X, Y, Z. Or like, you know, this is because Aerith doesn't really love Cloud. Or this is actually because Aerith really does love Cloud. It's they always will bury that somewhere within their edit. You know, it will be like, oh, we'll change like this wording here or there, and it'll just be like a small grammar change because they disagree with the way I wrote the grammar, and that's fine. But they'll always throw in that one bit, and it will always be related to shipping. You know, it will be something like, oh. 
Now, the reason why Cloud loved Aerith wasn't because he loved Aerith. It's actually because he had Zack's mind at this point. And now I'm going to write this whole long <laughs> tangent about why this is, you know, Cloud is in Zack's mind at this minute. And so we should totally discard this bit. Right. And it's just like, motherfucker. Like, okay. like... <laughs> It's, All right, I wanna, uh, well, yeah, I, I wanna well, zoom well, back uh, a little bit. I wouldn't throw the word motherfucker around here because you might create a new front in the shipping war if they take that oh, too literally. Oh no! <laughs> oh no no no! By the way, there is an incest thought spell in Live Alive. It's very disturbing. Anyway, um, so I wanna, I wanna zoom back just a little bit because. Okay. People listening to this might not be wiki editors, and they might not fully understand what is going on here. So, Technobliterator and me, I also did a lot of Final Fantasy VII writing. I think he rewrote everything I did. Yes, That's fine. Did. Yeah. Basically, everything I did was based on what you'd originally done. Yes. And everything I did was based on what Crazy Swordsman did for Final Fantasy VI, except for Seven. So, anyway... Yeah. These pages are constantly a work in progress. It is, the wiki is never finished. It is an open, the philosophical goal. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Techno. They're never done. It is always a work in progress. There's the idea. Well, I'm going to let you finish your thought before I respond to you. Okay. It is a wiki. It is philosophically never complete. It is philosophically open for everyone. None of these pages have our names on them except for the walkthrough pages, and I think I'm the only one that still even has any of those. Uh, by the way, if you're reading my walkthroughs, I am sorry. I wrote them when I was 17. I'm so sorry. Anyway. No, I still find them useful. Like, yeah. I found your walkthrough useful when I was playing six. They're useful, but, so I actually you, know, the you know, did, did I need all the sodomy jokes? No, I did not. So I apologize. No, it was a very different time and it increasingly becomes more and more of a different time. And I'm very sorry about those choices I made. I was 17. Anyway, so our issue is not that people are messing up our perfect little sandcastle here. The issue is that this is a wiki with rules that are set up and we have a certain style that we want to have. And we also want to have a certain level of not addressing certain issues, such as shipping, which is not what these pages are supposed to be about. These are supposed to be pages yes. that describe Cloud's character, they describe his stats, they describe all the various million games that he's been in. We have all the little pieces of artwork. There's a ton of cool stuff on these pages. Go check them out. They are not forums for you to go and bring up why Cloud loves Tifa more than he loves Aerith. We had a whole page for that, and that page became such a pile of shit that I think it's been deleted, right? It has been it's deleted. That's correct. That's uh, one of the old admins, I think it's Diablicon, replaced it with something that's a deliberate piece of shit and shunted off the, the so-called serious stuff to another page, and then they got both, both ended up getting deleted for being fucking... Because one of them was just shit, and the other one was shit and homophobic. So... Yeah, that I, I'm I'm not going to. I, I I don't I don't know who wrote the homophobic stuff. It could have been me. I'm very sorry. I'm still. I mean, sorry. I, I don't know who did that either. I, but it, that it, one, uh, that one definitely did draw more attention than the serious one, because shipping is fucking stupid. It is incredibly stupid, and uh, mm, 
Well, all right, okay. it is I mean, all right. It I is should... a fun exercise for a fandom to take part in, and Square Enix knows yeah, okay. that shipping is very marketable and is one of the things that people love about Final Fantasy VII. It is never going to be answered. They're going to avoid the issue of Cloud and Tifa and Aerith forever, except for the fact that Aerith is dead. So clearly, it's Cloud and Tifa. I mean, what are we even talking about here? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah. So, seriously. Uh, so now I, I guess expect any uh, any FF seven shipper to just outright said that the the reason that Clotie is correct is because Aerith and Zach are just constantly fucking in the live stream. They're dead. So there's no discussion <laughs> like, so, to be made. They're dead. There is no shipping argument anymore. It's it's Claudie. So let so let me okay let me respond to two of the things there. Right? Okay, because there's two things that I really want to respond to. Right? Uh huh. But the first one is what was recently said about, you know, the fact that uh, basically, you know, where our stance on the ship ship is, right? Uh, and, you know, do we think this is even all that relevant? So I have a view of this, that there's a difference between the game's canon and the game's RPG mechanics, right? So the game's canon, like Blue said, like, I think it's a pretty open and shut case. Cloud ended up with Tifa. Like, you know, there's no other way. Like, you can't get around the fact that after Final Fantasy VII, Cloud started a family with Tifa, right? In which they adopted children, right? You know, like, it's an open and shut case. You know, we know what happened. We know what the canonicity of the story is, right? As for the game itself, the game... You know, Final Fantasy VII did an excellent job of introducing to the series the idea of role-playing in this role-playing game, right? Because this is the first one, if you look back to the games before this, like, the uh, the games before this do not give you this level of dialogue options for Cloud. They do not give you this level of control mm. over what Cloud says to this person or that person, you know, they give you this whole flashback sequence where you get to put together what Cloud's idea of these, you know, past events in Nibelheim were like. The game gives you these things that previous Final Fantasy games did not give you. So it introduced a level of role-playing mechanics that we have not seen before. And those role-playing mechanics included the fact that the developers thought it would be a really good idea to introduce a love triangle, right? And have the player decide which of the love triangle, which way they lean towards, right? And many people gravitated more towards Aerith because, you know, either they were more fond of the character or they liked the, you know, they loved that love story more. They think that's a lot more compelling to them. Well, Techno, sorry. to them. Sorry, Sorry, I just wanna I All just right. wanna butt in real fast. The way the shipping mechanics are set up in that game is that if you are playing without a guide, odds are you're gonna end up with Aerith. Yes, that is true. Yeah. That is true, yes, because she starts with the highest level of points. Yes. Right? Uh, and um Tifa is just below her, right? Um so Tifa, you are you know, you have a very good chance of ending up with her, right? So there is a date sequence in this game, you know, where basically you're going to get Tifa or Aerith unless you're like deliberately manipulating the game to get you for your Barrett. And those are joke sequences that the developers put in because, uh, you know, Cloud is straight and he well clearly doesn't have a thing for Yuffie. 
Let's like, let's not let's not go on a sign. <laughs> Preferences here. Cloud is straight, but okay, he's not well, he's not that straight. Fair enough. Uh, um, we know that Klofferoff or whatever that ship is is I, actually I, the one true pairing. <laughs> yeah, I would but, um, I would honestly be uh, interested in seeing uh, the current devs take on the on the Barrett date sequence because like their take on the Honeybee Inn, which you know used to be basically just one extended gay joke, was really damn good in remake. Oh yeah, no, I agree with that completely because I mean if you look in the Barrett date, there's a joke in there which is really badly aged where they go up to the the theater. Where normally, like, you know, the, at the theater, they say, congratulations, you're 100, the 100th couple of the day. Would you like to be in this, uh, you know, in this play? Which, by the way, another example of role-playing mechanics, you get to decide how Cloud responds to the play and the role he plays in it. And the only correct way is to say that your enemy is that night. Yeah, fuck but, that night. Anyway. <laughs> fuck it. What an yeah, asshole. Anyway. So, so, like... And, you know, the Barrett date, you know, they have a bad joke, which is like, congratulations, you're the 100th couple of the day. Oh, wait, no, you're not. Sorry. Which, that ain't gonna fly anymore. So, yeah, I agree. I'm interested to see where that goes. But, you know, they have these role-playing mechanics, which Seven Remake, you know, inherited those same mechanics with the resolution scene, which was a beautiful scene. All three of them were. Wait, wait, you know, wait. I think it's almost... It's a shame that you don't still have the resolution scene. Is for this, every uh, single character, but all three of them are beautiful. Is this at the final boss? You could either have Barrett or Tifa or Aerith join you? No, no, no I wasn't no, talking about the, that. Uh, the final boss is uh, based entirely on uh, the actions performed uh, during the previous boss fights. Like, oh. which, yeah, uh, it depends the on like, what percentage... To. Uh, yeah, the resolution scene. Yeah, the resolution scene is based on the number of side quests you do. Oh, uh, so yeah. Like if you do, uh, if you do more in um, in the bit where in the bit in where hanging around with Tifa a bit, where than the bit where hanging around with Aerith, you get Tifa's scene. If you do more in the Aerith bit, you get Aerith's scene. Uh, if, if you do an you equal do the amount, same amount, if you do the same amount in both the tiebreaker is uh, which character you help up after you fall into the sewers uh, just before the Abzu fight. And oh. if you don't do enough uh, in either of the... Don't do, like, I think it's at least two side quests in uh, in either of those chapters, uh, you get Barrett's scene. Is there a Sephiroth yes. scene? No. There's no Damn Sephiroth it. scene. Well, but I yeah, got Tifa, so... that's so. the thing. Like, yeah, I got Tifa, because yeah. of course I did. Um, so that's, so that's how, so that's how these games work, you know, and separate to the date scene in the original game, there's the high wind scene, which, you know, a lot of people say is a very raunchy scene. It's it not is raunchy, true that but, uh... it is like, it is true that it is strongly employed in that scene that the two did something that night. It is also true that the game includes role-playing mechanics and if your points with tifa are low enough you get a different version of the scene that is not at all suggestive oh really right i did not know that because yeah because this game has role-playing mechanics right and that is different from the canon of the game right so that is basically our i guess our take on it 
right? And that was the first thing I wanted to address. Our take on it is, you know, what happens in the story, like, is an open and shut case. It is an open and shut case, the fact that, you know, Cloud ended up with Tifa at the end of it. It is open and shut that Cloud, you know, was in love with Tifa at a young age. There are novels saying as much. That is all true. There is no, like, there's no real, I guess, argument there, right? Now, whether or not he was in love with Aerith while she was alive during the events of Final Fantasy VII, that is deliberately ambiguous because the developers did a frankly brilliant job of introducing role-playing mechanics in this game and making it ambiguous so you can choose, you the player can choose which story you find more compelling, right? And, you know, like, and and that's the thing, like, uh, people previously said in this chat that shipping was kind of stupid, and I don't necessarily, like, agree with that. Because, like, I think, you know, I see what a lot of the shippers are putting out there as content, as long as it's not attacking other people, a lot of what they're saying isn't all that bad, you know, they have a ship that they that really resonates with them that they really connect with and you know that's something they're really passionate about and i don't want to take that away from them right um, okay, the only okay. thing i want uh, them to perhaps, do is perhaps Sorry. i should clarify like okay. when i when i'm talking about shipping is stupid i basically solely mean arguments i i don't right. give a fuck about whatever arguments you've got that to, to have you know two two of your the dolls bumping up against each other basically like right. just just do whatever you want make whatever cool stuff you want but the second that you start arguing about it it just gets terminally stupid and right. it's just god that that is like uh i mean like uh, and it also gets stupid in other places like like oh god uh yeah, some of the uh, old stuff uh, surrounding you know, Kingdom Hearts fandom is stuff that hopefully has been completely sealed away and never awakened. Although people did eventually go on the correct take that, you know, the main chairs should probably just have a threesome at some point and get it out of the way. Um, well, that's what should happen with Final Fantasy VII. It should have Xenoblade Chronicles 2's ending. <laughs> well... Well, they, yeah, so, so that's the thing with shipping, right? You know, you want to make, you know, like, let, let's use it. Let's use another example. The example I like to point to, which is um, in Avatar The Last Airbender, Ang ends up with Katara at the end of the show. Oh, there's shit, a lot spoilers. Of people who think, okay, there's a lot of people who think Katara should have ended up with Zuko. You know, you want to make your fan art about Katara and Zuko being together and write fanfics about it? Great. I'm glad that that's what makes you passionate. I'm glad that that's something you enjoy, right? But you want to start sending death threats to people that don't agree with that? Now we're crossing the fucking line. I now know. it's have we been getting death threats now over it's shipping really wars? Fucking stupid. Uh, I don't think we have, but uh, that we is haven't. definitely not a. Um, I oh, saw, that is definitely of. not a single incident that Techno is alluding to. Okay, because yeah. we, we have like, gotten death thing. threats over certain things. I don't know if we've gotten death threats from uh, shipping stuff. Right, so basically, like, our problem that we have, right, 
with these three pages. And now I'm going to get to the second thing I wanted to address, right? Our problem is, you know, this is our stance, right? Our stance is that Final Fantasy VII is a role-playing game, right? The canon is open shut, is an open shut case. The, you know, the gameplay mechanics are not open shut. And that's deliberately so, right? So we do not give two fucks, like, you know, about you interpreting this for this reason and that reason and whatever as to why Cloud really loves Aerith or no, he really loves Tifa. Like, you know, we don't care about that. And we are not gonna include that in these pages, right? These pages, you know, it, these were stupid hard to write. And the reason they were hard to write is because I had to say as many things as possible in as few words as possible, right? You know, if you look, uh, for instance, in Tifa's personality section, that section is five paragraphs long. I could have easily made 20 paragraphs out of that. I didn't, right? Because that was difficult and I didn't want to, you know, freaking bloat it. Because I this is a page that needs to be read. It needs to convey information in a way that's easy to absorb because that is the difficult part about writing an encyclopedia, right? So, so I don't really like the argument of, um, you know, the argument we brought up of, oh, you know, philosophically, like these pages are always under construction and, you know, we, they're like a wiki is never perfect and it's never finished. I'm not even saying I disagree with that, right? I'm just saying, you know, if you can improve this page, like any improvements or changes we make to this page will need to see receive the same level of scrutiny that the current version of the page did, right? The current version of the page, I went through like five different people to proofread what I was writing before I before I eventually said like, yeah, I'm happy with this. Let's publish it. This is now our version of the Tifa Lockhart page. You know, we had Kelp did, you know, we I love Kelp. She's an amazing proofreader. We had like, you know, at least four people from the Discord, you know, all that that all gave this a level of proofreading, right? The people who come on there and post their 2000 byte edit about that that may both basically exist to push their shipping wall. But they post their 2000 byte edit, right? Have had no proofreading, right? They always get the formatting wrong, right? They always, you know, make things they they mess up these pages that's what i'm saying like these people always mess up these pages and these are the most important pages to not mess up right so i'm not saying you can never improve this page because of course you can improve this page i would never be arrogant enough to say i've made the perfect final best version ever of this page i would never say that about my own writing what i am saying is that for you to change this page there's a process that you will have to go through and it will have to be the same process i went through right and these edits are not going through that process and that's not going to work the only way for these pages to work is for all of these pages to go through the same process because we can't just have someone posting something and then someone else says oh it looks fine to me because there has to be a consensus process for these pages yeah and that that leads to kind of the issue i think we may be having with a lot of these i'm imagining these are mostly new editors who are causing these sorts of things yeah 
Um, I don't think it's just yeah. random IPs, right? It must be locked to that extent that you must be at least a user. Yeah, you have to have an account. To, yeah. Like, so, yeah. Uh, so, like, we have uh, we have gone pretty hard on that, especially after we permabanned Gyrus. Uh, if you do not have a, an account, uh, you are no longer allowed to use the words Clothy, Clarif, or Clessy on the wiki. Your edit will just be automatically rejected. <laughs> We've officially blocked those words. We had to block them. Yeah. That's, yeah, all right, like, that's we have, unless you have an account. We have swear filtered those words uh, even harder than the normal swear filter. You that's just incredible. cannot use them if you don't have an account. So that that does kind of point to like just the level of spam we're receiving on these pages. But also, I, I would like yep. to say that all right, joining a wiki it's difficult. In terms of online yes. communities, it is probably one of the more difficult ones to get involved in. I think all of us were lucky to get involved in this wiki when it was mostly unfinished or in a pretty poor state comparatively 10 years ago like when i came on here there basically wasn't a final fantasy 7 section that's how that's how early things were now you're coming on here there is almost two decades worth of consensus and discussion and re-edits and these pages have been written and rewritten several times it's difficult to go and make your mark on the cloud page. It is difficult to make your mark on the Tifa page. I would say these are not where you want to start your wikiing career. If you want to join us, yeah. there's a million other spots on this wiki that are not quite ready to get done. I know no one's ever going to write the Final Fantasy XI section to the extent that people might dream of it to be, but it is a place where you can go start your work if you think you can contribute there. There's mobile games. Yes, but Mobius even, Final Fantasy. Those pages Final are Final ready to be written, man. <laughs> I'm not even doing it. Even within Final Fantasy VII, you know, there are minor characters, right? You know, there are side characters. There are locations. You know, there are organizations. There are plenty of places on this wiki that I would love you to contribute. To contribute. Yes. That I would love you to add things to. Like, you know... I mean, even around your freaking, like, oh, you know, here's the theory of Genova warping Cloud's mind, and that's why we should discard, like, his love of Aerith kind of nonsense, right? Put that on the Genova page. Maybe there's something to that, and maybe we'll consider it, you know? Yeah, I mean... Maybe there might be something relevant there. That would be a great place to put it. Just not on fucking Cloud's page. There are plenty of ambiguities in the story, which... There could be discussion and there could be a living document that is this wiki. I mean, this is not... I, I know the ultimate goal of wikis is to eventually become the perfect encyclopedia with all knowledge that ever existed. But that's never going to happen. It's not what art is. Art does not have a perfect answer to every single question. And I don't want to ever seem like we are anti-newbies. I know we are all in our late 20s and early 30s here on this wiki and have been here since the fucking Obama administration and before Bush administration in my case. And, you know, that, that could be intimidating and we could seem like we're aggressive to the teenagers and 20-somethings who want to be part of this community and want to edit their favorite video game wiki. But, you know, there there is a point where your contribution of what your favorite ship is, that is not a meaningful contribution to the overall discourse of Final Fantasy. Right. But even, yeah, even beyond that, you know, I 
have no problem like you know with you proposing a contrib a contribution to the Tifa Lockhart page. In fact, I'll go further and say I welcome it. You know, that's one of the pages I am most proud of by far. If you have things that, you know, you would like to fix about it that you think could be improved, you know, if you think you could make like meaningful contributions to this page, submit them to the talk page. I will be happy to go through with them and see what works, what doesn't work, you know, what feedback you all have. I welcome it. Like, I would love that kind of stuff. I just don't want it to, you know, come around and kind of like mess with the formatting and bloat things in, right? Because your edit has not received that level of scrutiny yet. The mm -hmm. current version of this page received a ton of scrutiny. So any future contributions will need the same scrutiny, right? And if you don't want to hold up to that, if that's a little too intimidating, right? Then, you know, as we've said earlier, there are other pages on the wiki where we don't have as high of an expectation yet because, you know, there are pages that, you know, still need a lot of work that, you know, still like there's, there's tons of things that, you know, need, need being looked at there. You know, there's a lot of Final Fantasy games. Yeah, there's a lot more Final Fantasy games as well. You like, got one month. Your fan uh, Final Fantasy Record like, Keeper has one month left. If you could go and beat that game mm. in the next month, you could go and be the person that will fill up our Final Fantasy Record Keeper section. Yeah. Although, yeah. I'm yeah. pretty sure that's still only global that's closing and the Japanese clients is still ongoing. Well, like, I don't, I we mean, don't really have many I, Japanese I know, editors. I know Techno doesn't like the concept of full coverage of the of japanese only stuff but we will mm. keep but that's only just like just in our general operations we don't actively go looking for it you provide it we'll take it because why wouldn't we yeah um right yeah that's basically where we're at with that okay but, um yeah but but like you know i don't like uh what was I going to say? Yeah, like, you know, around the idea of me not being a newbie-friendly person, like, I don't agree with this characterization because, you know, I recently mentored, like, two of our biggest contributors to the Final Fantasy VII space. You know, that's Bing Bang Po and that's uh, Nocturne. Nocturne, by the way, wrote the current version of the Jesse article, which was, you know, I couldn't have done that better myself. Like, Nocturne, like, is is clearly a very talented writer and bing bang pope knows exactly what he's doing when it comes to like writing gameplay content you know like when we have people who are enthusiastic and they have something to bring to the table like you know i and we as a as an extension of me like we are very happy to mentor you we're happy to bring you on board see what you have to you know to contribute here and you know put your skills to good use to make you know the best the best encyclopedia on this video game series that it could possibly be you know it, so we're very much encouraging of that we are the number one encyclopedia of this video game we are the number one i think yeah, we are we the website we are probably the greatest compendium of final fantasy knowledge that exists i think we've done yeah. that yeah and there's always room for improvement yep. we'd love to see what you can bring to the table. Like, we very much love that. We just and... don't want to bring this shipping war here. Because it doesn't belong here. Yeah, we... 
uh, look, I've played Final Fantasy VII originally like 17 years ago now. So trust me, I've heard all the arguments. It's been done. Mm. It, you're never going to be the person to come up with the new compelling case. This argument is already 25 years old. Uh, Some color mage. Do yeah. you have any other I, uh, big final thoughts here? Because I'm actually reaching my heart I, out. So I, you you are very much right on that last note. Uh, the the only stupid shipping war I can think of that to, that might be older is uh, Evangelion, which All right, God look. that is still that is still raging to this day. Even after Hideki Anno created a new character based on his wife and made that the canon ending. Uh, well, all right. It, it was not, she's uh, not based on his wife. He said that clearly. Like he definitively said, this yeah. character's not based on my wife. I don't, I don't feel comfortable okay. assigning this sort of thing. I, I don't, I don't know. Okay. Yeah. But anyway, he, he made a new option just to fucking end the entire thing. Well, hopefully just to end the entire thing. And that it still hasn't. And God fucking, fucking shipping wars man it's yeah, just you're not gonna like end the debate like end the shipping war debate by you know some new episode comes out like you know one of the things i'm like the part of the ff7 discord that i like discourse sorry that i don't like is you know either side will say like you know the clara side will say oh see seven remake like the remake series is gonna make our ship canon because it's gonna like you know it's gonna have Aerith survive and that's what they're building up to and when Aerith survives that will prove we were correct all along and cloud was meant to be with Aerith, right and then the other side will say oh no actually see seven remake will prove that we're correct because it's gonna mandate that you can only take tifa on a date and then it's gonna have the high wind scene in all its glory and there's going to be nothing censored this time and that's going to definitively prove that Cloud belongs with Tifa. Both of you oh, motherfuckers yeah, well, are well, wrong. We're absolutely going to see penetration in the high wind scene. Right. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what the PlayStation all... 5, that's what we needed. We need the power of the PlayStation 5 to get every <laughs> single right. wrinkle rendered perfectly. They needed to right. Cloud dick. Yes. Right, we need to get like, all the you're freckles. You're both wrong. You're both wrong for two reasons. The first reason is they're pro- neither of those things are going to happen. But more importantly, oh. even if one of them did happen, like that's not going to end the shipping war debate because shipping war debates are not based on what's canon or not. It doesn't matter. People are going to ship these characters because they find that shipping compelling, right? People ship Cloud and Aerith because they love Cloud and Aerith and love those two together. People ship Cloud and Tifa because they love Cloud and Tifa and love those two together, right? It's like, you know, like my Avatar example. People ship Aang uh, and Katara because they love the two together. They ship Aang and Zuko because they love the two together. Despite the fact that the writers put Aang and Katara together. Wait, did I say Aang and Zuko? Because I meant Katara. That's a much better ship. Come on, let's be clear. (laughs) anyway so um so like yeah like people ship because they love them together like it does not matter what the canon is and shipping is fun like we're not anti-shipping it is fun yeah i just i just watched uh i just watched season two of harley quinn and there was a big long shipping battle in the text of that thing of harley times ivy or ivy times kite man and you know one side won and it was really exciting and you know i it's a great thing to have an art 
Because people get horny yeah. and people get relationships and it's complicated and it's a ton of fun to see how those relationships develop. But I to end this discussion, because I do got to get going, is please do not spam the wiki with your favorite thing. And if you're just spamming the wiki to spam the wiki, well, you know what? Have fun. We're going to block you. Better people yeah. than you have tried to tear down the wiki. It's not ever going to happen. The only thing that'll destroy us is the Embracer group buying Wikia or fandom, whatever the hell it's called. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's 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 a pretty good fair, fair place yeah. to end it. Yeah, I think I think this is a great discussion to have. I, I want to have more Wiki discussions on this podcast, especially when we have uh, months without major game releases coming out. Uh, but anyway, I do need to get going. But, but yeah, we, we don't care about about ships. I could talk about 14 stuff. I don't think anyone wants me to, so I won't. I do. Uh, I'd love case, to hear it. My favorite ship is the Ever Given. I, I think its relationship with the Suez Canal was something more inspiring <laughs> to behold when it happened, no matter how fleeting it was. Um, I care about your Final Fantasy VII shipping opinion uh, infinitely less than that. Uh, my favorite ship is, um, you know, Techno, you go first. Is your, uh, like, is your favorite ship not just the High Wind? Like, isn't that meant to be your favorite ship? Like, oh, no. Well, I mean, the name is Blue High Wind, but actually the High Wind as an airship, mm. eh, like 6 out of 10. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Now, what, what what is your favorite ship in all of media? Let's go, Techno, let's hear it. Oh man, I mean, like it's hard to beat Darth Vader's capital ship. Like that is the most intimidating star uh, star destroyer. The like, executor class. Ever been. That is quite a nice thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is very intimidating. I might go with the uh, what the hell's it called? I need the exact name. Um, it's the airship from uh, Skies of Arcadia, the final one you get. It's got like a French name. It means dolphin. But what's it actually called? I want to get this right because Skies of Arcadia fans are listening. And I think it's called the Delphinus. Uh, shit. Come on. I know everyone. Dolphin? The Delph- The Delphinus. It was the Delphinus. That is an incredibly badass yeah, that's not French name. Yeah. All right. Um, oh, well, in French it would be the Dauphin, wouldn't it? Because that's the name of the- Yeah. Yeah, never mind. All right, so... Thank you so much for listening to another episode of the Final Fantasy Wiki podcast. This is the monthly podcast for the Final Fantasy Wiki, which as previously established is the greatest compendium of Final Fantasy knowledge in the entire universe. Uh, I was your host, yep. Blue Highwind. I also edit and produce the show, so any sound issues are entirely my fault. Uh, this <laughs> podcast has music, and I will find the name of that music in a second because I never have it ready because I'm stupid like that. It is La Montaña de los Caballeros Jovenes, which is the Mount Colts music from Final Fantasy VI. It was made by Expert Novice on the Balance and Ruin OC Remix. Thank you so much for letting us use your music. And uh, thank you so much, Some Color Mage and Techno Obliterator, for joining us. Have a good night. See you yep, in September when something... We'll have something to talk about in September. I have no idea what, but uh, we'll have something. Thank you so much. Good night. Hey. 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 Hey.